Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is December 13th, and you are listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. And today, it being Wednesday, nope, wrong screen, uh, Wednesday, uh, means that we are talking about all the AI news that each of us thought was interesting over the last seven days. Uh, for the most part, we have not shared with each other what we thought was interesting. So it always makes it fun for all of us because we're learning along with you guys. And there's always, always some AI news that I did not know about, which is amazing because I subscribe to entirely too many uh, newsletters and you would think I would get it all. But I always learn something extra here on the Daily AI Show. So today we have Beth, Robert, Aaron, Andy, Jimmy, I'm Brian. And I don't know, we'll see if we have Carl here pop in. Sometimes he has to pop in a minute or two later. So with all of that out of the way, who has got the juiciest, latest news that they just cannot wait to share? And here comes Carl real quick. All right, now we got everybody. We've got all seven of us today. Fantastic. All right, so who has got the uh, juiciest piece of AI news from the last seven days that they want to share? Go. I think one that I read about was the fact that Europe has reached a deal on the world's first comprehensive AI rules. Um, the European Union, so they negotiated a deal on Friday for the world's first AI rules. I think it's something we all knew was coming and probably wanted to come realistically. And then let's hope that now that our friends in Europe have started that, that they might... Um, sort of kickstart the program and we'll get her going in other countries. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's important stuff. And at the moment, um, somebody showing the screen, it's yeah. probably got the details show, Yeah, the cheat sheet that, that I found that basically talks about everything. It, it, right. It's a good point there, Aaron. I, I saw that it was, um, the penalties are kind of interesting. They have penalties of enforcement and, you know, they're all about, uh, you know, the Europe's is kind of, big on this the, the gdpr stuff as well and i i i'm curious how we're going to follow suit as the united states but um it, it is interesting yeah i mean Probably lagging is it financial penalties jail penalties or up against the wall in front of a firing squad type of penalties uh, up to seven percent of global turnover for 35 million for prohibited ai violations is one of them and it's like there's yeah, there's really several different things I mean, I look at companies like Google and Facebook and they go, 35 million, pocket change, who cares? We'll do it all the time we have to. So that's why I wonder whether it's um, strong enough penalties to impact big yeah. companies that are the real powerhouses in the industry. You know, I know I read earlier, I, don't, I really haven't researched this, so I'm just asking if you guys know, but I feel like I read, you know, as this was all coming out that it perhaps was going to protect some of the big players and hurt some of the startups. Is that still something you guys saw in there or were they mentioning that at all? Uh, I, I remember hearing something of that in the past because I think some of the people pushing this were from some of the big companies. But yeah, whether yeah. it's happening any further, I'm not sure. I think they saved the, an, from an open source perspective, they required the major tech companies to... Re, I think reveal their either their safe like how they're being safe with it versus some of the open source they're actually there's not as much requirements so I know there's a lot of people who are pretty happy from an open source perspective saying hey this is great because the fear was that the same rules that apply to the major companies would then be applied to like the smaller like a Mistral or whatever but then 
it's not. So it's actually not a bad, um, like it, it's evenly distributed versus just a one capture everything. And since you just mentioned it, Carl, do you want to jump into uh, Mistral a little bit? I know that would have definitely been in the news. Oh, yeah. It kind of piqued my interest. But do you, you or somebody else, do you kind of want to walk through what that is, what was announced, mm -hmm. um, maybe why people are sort of excited about it? Yeah. So, like, briefly, Mistral is an open source model that is comparable to GPT 3.5. And their latest release, I, I have, I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue, like Mistrex or whatever that Mistral. was. Yeah, Mistral. Mistral, it's a eight times seven B. Yes, yeah. and they released it as a torrent, so you can just download it, which is that's awesome. And you can run a GPT three point five equivalent locally on your computer. Just download it, and there you go. And yeah. what's the? Go ahead. And Ethan Ethan Malik is running it on his phone. Yeah. Like and, it's yeah, small enough nice. that you can do lots with it. And, and there's different wow. versions of it too. Like there's uh I don't have it in front of me, but there's like four it's different tiny yeah. medium yeah. and yeah. yeah. I so think I like the point out that what that what's distinctive about the model is it's a sparse mixture of experts or MOE type model. Which right. was is what makes it possible to achieve the 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 capabilities of a GPT three point five, which is a much larger model, in such a small footprint. And the, the um, there are other MOE or mixture of experts models out there, but this mm -hmm. one is is using that technique. Okay. Uh, and by the way, mixture of experts means that there's, in this case, there's eight separate models but each of them is less than 1 billion, right? But the mixture of those eight different models focused on different tasks creates a collective brain that is as, as effective as GPT 3.5. Right. Yeah. Wasn't that, the, wasn't that what GPT 4 kind of did differently? Yes, it is also a mixture of expert, uh, experts yeah. model, but on a huge scale. So while we're just while we're on the subject of tiny, tiny models, uh, Microsoft also released an LLM called Phi 2, PHI-2, that is 2.7 billion. Um, mm. So it's the smallest of the main ones that people talk about uh, that I've heard. Um, and uh, and like what's notable about it is is pretty much the size that that definitely you could run on your phone or some small kind of device and carry with you yeah there definitely seems to be this trend we see this through multiple news cycles as we've been doing this show that you know you have two diverging paths you still have like the lms where it's you know maybe gpt5 is going to be trained on I don't know, 4X the size of GPT-4. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but then you also have this sort of race to see how small and how efficient you can make these models. And then, right. like, I mean, it's kind of amazing to think that these type of models would be um, small enough to run on phones. And it kind of gives you a, a little bit of a peek to the, uh, the future of, you know, what might be riding on an iOS or an Android or something like that. And then what that would open up in terms of, on-device um, AI type assistance and 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 these kind of things with the LLM. So it's 
it's really interesting because obviously it'd be multimodal. I think, you, you know, once you get to that level, you're going to start seeing things like taking a picture and then that LLM is able to run on the phone and instantly add captions, adjust, make edits, the things that we now have to go to individual, you know, locations for whether it's like inside a open AI or maybe we have to go use this tool over there. It sounds like once it gets tiny enough and efficient enough, that's going to be really, really interesting. And I would imagine that's stuff that we will all be at least somewhat messing around with in 2024. It doesn't sound like it's terribly far away. So um, that's that, really, that's kind of really, would be a really useful app on your phone. To, I don't know about you guys, but my library of photos and videos is a mess. I just go snap, snap, snap. So I've got to run a little app on the phone. Figure out what everything is, catalog it, store it, put it into, I mean, that would make life real easy. I like that idea. Right, right. but it's got to compete right, right, right. with, it's got to compete with the iOS app for ChatGPT, I would think, right? So the, so the mm -hmm. main benefit of being able to run it on your phone is that you don't have to have an internet connection in order to do it. It's all natively in your phone. Um, yeah. But it, if I have internet connection and ChatGPT can talk to me about my photos, I am likely <laughs> to just open that app as opposed to yeah. one of these other things. So like they're they're like fighting for a market, uh, and that's really fun to see and exciting. And um, and I think you know uh, how much of the actual market is not online. I, I love the confluence or con intersection of these two different technologies because i feel like that is what 2024 is going to be known for is <laughs> it's going to be where we have these open source models that you know open ai and everybody was kind of fumbling the ball a little bit because all the drama and so i think honestly that's why mistral was able to get so much money in their recent uh raise and and they are the best in the open source from what i've seen Yi and wizard and and mistral so I love that open source is coming out and I love that it's getting smaller. Like those two things, mm -hmm. this is what we've been saying. I mean, everybody on this call, I think would agree when it gets on the phone is when it's, that's what that's the next big leap is when it's. Um, yeah. Now, and, and the thing about smaller models is that the large population of users is not trying to, you know, develop new proteins. So they're not needing a really huge model and extended capabilities. Those mm. very small models on your phone are going to be able to do almost everything that a typical consumer user anyway, or even business mm. user, uh, is going to do on LLM. And mm. keep in and mind, also, there, there is lots of people around the world who can't afford the $20 US a month for ChatGPT+. Plus. So, you know, mm. there's a whole market out there for that as well. That's a yeah. good point. And yeah. look, smaller to mobile than smaller to Raspberry Pis, right? We can follow this path to where you have LLMs that are running on Raspberry Pis doing pretty amazing things. And now yeah. my, you know, setting up my uh, my Christmas lights now doesn't even require, you know, the, the level of input that it would require for me to sync it if I wanted to and have one of those really cool shows. I don't. But if I had one <laughs> of those really cool shows on the front of my, my house and it was doing um, uh, Usher and Little John, which... Side note, my favorite one of those that I've seen <laughs> is a Christmas one of Little John in it. And the trees are singing. We'll get to that. I'll, I'll find that link and share that because that's amazing. Where's, but where's the squirrel banner when we need it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was getting there. I was heading back to the news. Um, so what? So we talked about some of the language models. The only one I'll bring up really quick just because I, I saw it um, and 
we were talking about it is that Anthropic, just in terms of LLMs, and we can switch topics, but I did see a thing with Anthropic, and they did a whole study. They they run Claude um, about um, uh, just the word when I read a house, um, discrimination. And so they actually, mm-hmm. what, they, what the study quickly said was that they found out that when they ran the model and they were giving it scenarios and basically saying like, you're the judge essentially, and then putting race and things like that into the question that it initially was discriminating against uh, white non-males, right? And it even says in the article, like, yeah, you read that right. Because <laughs> that's the opposite of what you would expect it to say. But it was saying, the whole point of the article was saying that they actually found out by basically saying, hey, you cannot discriminate, that Claude instantly was able to basically eliminate discrimination from its future post. So they were, their whole point of it was, I just felt it was interesting, was they said, yes, there is discrimination, but it's actually fairly easy to eliminate it through simple um, prompts and stuff like that. How accurate that is or whatever, just thought I would bring it up. I found it interesting. So um, other other news, other, other things we want to talk I got, about. Other I got a couple of fun ones um, yeah, from the science world. Uh, number one, a few days ago, um, with a $75 million uh, bump from uh, the local billionaires of the Seattle region, they worked with uh, UW to uh, to start up a, uh, a collab, a, a company to work with DNA typewriters. So they use a technology oh, yeah. called CRISPR to make some edits to DNA. But the main reason they're doing this is so that they can use DNA to store information. So, wow. so we're talking writing information to DNA strains. And, and that could open up to immense amount of storage jumping forward uh, into the future and, and things like that. So it's just typewriting writing your data instead of ones and zeros, you're you're typing to the AGCT of of DNA. So wow. what explain that to me? What does that do for you, Jimmy? Like why is that a so, big deal? Okay, so so DNA has millions of uh, strands of information, right? And they break right. it down into what they the the um, the components that they call uh, AGCT, right? Okay. So instead of typing a one and zero which is the binary, the basic information storing uh, for storage of memory, you can write it to the DNA. So think Gattaca. a hundred, a thousand times more data. You know, I don't even know what the multiplier is. Yeah. But does to, it have to be DNA strands? What's that? Does the okay. DNA have to be alive? Like, are we, is this I mean, writing it's gotta, to? It's got to be suspended in some sort of, uh, material, but you know, not. I don't think, in terms of like in a living being or whatever. That's no, what I, I'm it, like, it doesn't have to do that. No, no, no. But, but what it is is it's it's think uh, the way I would uh, uh, the analogy I would use is you know how you when you're making a, a chipset you you're looking for the process to go the nanometers right the smaller and smaller the process is the more and more you can fit on the chip. It's the same right. kind of process here. The okay. more and more data or information you can store in a DNA strand. Nice. So, so I think you got to write. That, you gotta that, write that was super movie. interesting to me. You got to write this uh, movie so script, Jimmy. I feel it, like this is right important. up your alley. <laughs> that, that DNA, uh, the DNA model uh, is the densest information storage medium. There may be yeah. others in the future, but right now, uh, right, it's estimated that a coffee mug size 
collector of DNA could theoretically store all of the world's data, everything that's, that's ever been produced. Wow, talk about yeah, on your so, device. So mildly impressive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Uh, the, the other one from the science world stories is um, there um, some physician investigators. So this is in, in the in the medical field. They released or they published uh, a paper on um, their findings about using chat GPT or a chat bot for um, problem, probabilistic uh, diagnostics. And essentially what that really breaks down to is when physicians are doing their diagnostics to figure out what the probability of any particular outcome using that, that set, um, they find that a chatbot can help, um, help aid that um, that physician in calculating those uh, probabilities, because that apparently seems to be the hardest part in doing diagnostics in the medical field, is figuring out those probabilities, and mm -hmm. the chatbot can uh, uh, can help a physician su succeed much better uh, in in doing that. So I thought that that was interesting. You know, we're seeing we're we're seeing how AI can touch onto different you know facets not just in the uh, productivity <clears throat> side of things. Nice. Yeah. I do have a couple other stories. Uh, the big one I want to make sure that we cover within time is Runway's um, announcement of uh, general world models uh, mm -hmm. or what they're deeming general world models. And these are models that um, determine the environment of the world in which you are generating whatever outcome, right? So, so that can range from simple simulation to a much larger um, uh, set of parameters and things like that. So, if you know, if you have all the input of what the world is like, you know, even from simple physics to the likelihood of, you know, rain or you know. Uh, whatever, then you can have a much um, a much better output of what you are uh, trying to generate, whether that be a, a still image or a video. So that's right. really early days. They just released that. They're doing more research into that. But I think that will be a huge leap into things like generating uh, uh, AI-based video and film. So correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it sounds to me like it's kind of like um, taking interior decorating uh, from having to build the house over and over each time in order to change a room and do something to having the house set. And mm -hmm. now you are uh, generating things from within that environment, but that environment doesn't have to change um, because it's a, the house is already built. That yeah, yeah, I think that's a good analogy. And, you know, knowing where the windows are and knowing right. how the sunlight filters in and knowing if there's circulation and all, all of those kinds mm -hmm. of parameters. I'm, I, I think this will be a huge boom to like the video game uh, world uh, in a more immediate sense. Um, I just want to see how they can integrate it with like Unity or, or Unreal Engine or something like that. I think that 
or even right. it sounds like it would be relevant to like digital twins, you know, when they, when you have like a massive new infrastructure project, what they'll do is like build an entire digital twin before it's, it's produced. So we can, they can figure out problems before it actually manifests for like manufacturing. So it sounds like you could have some maybe implications in that world too. Maybe I'm not sure, but like the digital twin thing to me is amazing because of the layers and how you can go into it and how they can build up entire factories that do amazing thing, like for, you know, hydro and stuff, but they can see it all in a 3d model and watch the way things flow through and all that. So, um, one to bring up too, but I mean, this is a big ones. Like this is in the, in the, uh, the category of, um, hey, sometimes AI is lying to you or the companies behind it are. Um, <laughs> one, we the big one was Gemini. Gemini was was actually announced hours after our last uh, news show last Wednesday. So it didn't get into that. Now, Gemini in itself was a big deal. There was a lot that came out about it. I think a lot of it's been in the news. So I don't want to take too much on it. But essentially, they released something right now that's like akin <clears throat> to 3.5. And next year, you may have something that's faster and better than four. And of course, that's what they said was, oh, it's going to be better than GPT-4, but but you won't see it till next year. Okay, fine. The big thing that they did and what really came out afterwards is they had this really amazing, highly polished video where the guy's like putting a blue duck on the on the video and, and Gemini is responding in real time. You can see even in the video that as the hands come up and down, there's some cuts there and their lighting is slightly different. I thought, okay, they're they're... They've made some edits and cuts here. That's not unusual. Well, what really came out after that was that, oh, this is just a sort of theoretical inspiration video of what you might be able to do in the future, That's but right. also right now you can't do that. So it really like, I mean, Carl, you talked about this. I don't want to get too much in the, the Gemini. I'll mention the other story too that I thought was interesting, but like just idea of like Google, what are you doing? Like you feel, I think Carl, you said it, this is a yet again, where it seems like Google has been pushed, where they feel the pressure, where they feel like they have to rush to put this stuff out. And instead of just showing a live demo of what Gemini could do, which was probably good enough, they felt they need to do this highly, you know, highly over, you know, produced video that's not realistic to what anybody can do. I don't know for how long. And before we just, we can talk more about Gemini, but I'll mention the other story about the lying is that there's this story that came out about uh, drive-throughs, you know, fast food drive-throughs and how they were AI. And then this, this research people or whatever did some research and found out that, oh, a lot of that, like 70% of that AI drive-through are people in the Philippines, humans like backing that up. And that it's not actually AI at all. It's just it's just cheaper labor somewhere else <laughs> refixing it. And so, you know, you go through Wendy's and you think, oh, this is cool. They have this. And I'm not picking on Wendy's. Maybe I think they mentioned Del Taco and a few others. Um, you know, oh, this is cool. Look at this AI. It's, you know, it's making this super efficient only to find out that what the company has really done. And they, they said in the report, like these AI companies are definitely trying to obscure this idea that it's not actually AI, it's actually cheaper labor in another company, you know, country that, you know, is doing this work. So now if you work in the fast food industry and you're worried about your job and you are worried about AI, now, now you also have to worry about your, your job being outsourced and called AI. It's a whole, it's a whole mess. But anyway, those two things together, as far as like what you see and what you get right now in this fast pacing uh, environment and world of AI, um, it's not, you know, what we're seeing is not always what we, what we think or what we're actually getting in reality. So anyway, that's why. And I if had. we can just, if we can just look at like in this week, 
we had Mistral release mm -hmm. by basically a torrent leak uh, link mm -hmm. and then having like people on Twitter going like, is this real? What's happening? And talking about it all the way <laughs> up to this total stylized, amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, the 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 link worked uh in the way that it did not say it was going to right it did not give any expectations and then if you went there and you had an actual experience that was your actual experience the mm. really stylized polished uh promotion um doesn't and then that's what we're seeing from all kinds of companies right like yeah the, I mean, the rolling wait list so it's like mm -hmm. oh here it is it's everything slick uh, and i think it's even like runway or pika or the videos you're like oh my gosh i can create this but you have to get it on a wait list. And I don't know if it's to raise your raise your hype, but then slowly let you down like a month later. So because oh I was hyped, but not I'm hyped, but oh, it's not as great as I thought. And Pika is a good example of that. I, I'm not as impressed with Pika as I thought I was gonna be. And I feel like they did that to me. Like if Are you, you not told me, huh? I still haven't got access to it. Are you in too? Do you have access to Pika? Becca, Be Becca, that's my coworker. Be I've had access for weeks, you know. I'm like really in, but you guys, you know, they I get a lot of people to reach out to me because of this show. I didn't really want to make it a deal because there's seven of us and I get preferential treatment. But I've had access to this stuff. No, I no, I don't. Uh Carl is the only one I know that is actually. But but when I saw the like Matt Wolf and people like that do their thing, I was like, oh, that's cool with video. And that should have been it. Like, oh, that's cool with video. But Pika had to show me all this highly curated pieces that they had done like everybody does and you're like okay well i was expecting something cooler and now i feel let down but i shouldn't i should just be like oh this is actually a really cool advancement in creating text to video or video to video it should stand on its own like why why pump people up like you were saying carl only to kind of let you down and be like oh it's marketing not one one brian <laughs> Marketing 101. <laughs> well, you know what the thing is, though, this, it's a fascinating uh, look at. I to me, this is where like we're evolving from. I would say what say five years ago, seven years ago, if Google or whoever came out with like this really slick, and Google does it everywhere because every single event I attend, they have these really slick videos, and it's like music pumping, and people who don't use AI frequently frequently they're like they're jamming with it right but yeah. then when you peel back you're like wait a second that's not available you can't do that that's not even scalable and it's like no one asks any questions because i know they feel like they're dumb if they do and then they just leave and i was like mm. and then i put my hand up and i'm like yeah is bard available in canada and silence and i'm like that's what i thought <laughs> love love that. Love that, but but that's the thing is like a banner for Carl hates Google. By the way, the Google out of Canada. So I want to. Well, I have a two things. One, I wanted to because everybody else said everything else that was in the news. But um, I was at the AI summit last week, and I will say there was a lot of of great vendors there that um, are are doing things that are really awesome in the world of AI that you don't get a lot of buzz on. One of them is the company that I got this shirt from is AI done right. I actually don't know the name of the company. It has got their cool shirt. But <laughs> that's the other side of marketing. 
I got their business card and we're going to talk. But my, my point is that they have technology that brings AI into the real world. For example, they worked with a food chain that would basically, when you grabbed a sandwich or inventory management, or if you, for the medical industry, they had these different pieces of medical devices on a, on an operating table and it would scan it and no one one has been used. And, and like that kind of AI integration with, with, uh, with the world is where I think mm. a lot of companies who can afford to pay for something like that or large scale, like franchise systems that that's going to be coming more and more as well because it has the ability to process and the models are getting better. So I just, there's a few things like that. were kind of interesting and, um, I don't have time to go into it, but uh, I all that to say, um, there's other companies out there doing stuff. But the other thing I was going to say is, is Sports Illustrated, as you know, they had gotten in trouble for running the bad article. Well, they just recently fired their CEO because of it. Now, for those who don't know, they they were writing articles with AI and actually made a fake writer. And then when they got found out, they changed all those articles to another fake writer. And right. I thought that was pretty interesting for a, a company as big as Sports Illustrated. And so, well, now it wasn't Sports Illustrated that was well, doing no, it. They were hiring it out. It was one of their uh, you know, right. feed. Yeah. So it was the, and they but, got rid of that, or actually, they didn't get rid of the service provider. The service provider just switched to all live humans writing for Sports Illustrated. Wow. But the, but the SEO did, the CEO, I'm sorry, did get, uh, yeah. And for that, which is yeah. somebody's you know, going to take yeah. the fall, right? But that's actually yeah. a bit. I didn't know that, Robert. That's interesting to know because I had heard about that that news story, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. They got a, their hand slapped, but obviously, they felt like it was a big enough deal that somebody had to go. And um, if they fired the CEO, I, that actually elevates that story to a bigger deal than I thought it was necessarily getting. Yeah. You know, in the in the news world or whatever. That's that's really interesting. Um, all right. I know we're sort of like we're at time or whatever, but there's been a few people I know, like Andy, you always have some super cool like uh, AI stories. Did you have anything you want to share real quick? Yeah, I, have, and, I have two quick things. Run uh, just uh, I'm, I'm always interested in the extremely rapid advancement of capabilities of both, you know, the hardware the, uh, and, the, and the models themselves. And Microsoft Research uh, just published uh, a, an advancement in the performance of uh, GPT-4 on the MMLU. Now that's a that's a benchmark test. It's the massive multitask language understanding test. And, and so it's got a combination of all kinds of different things that the, the uh, model has to perform on. And it they used a prompting strategy to increase the performance of GPT-4 from the mid eighties to 90 which is a huge jump in performance. I mean, they're coming to compare themselves to each other. They're looking at, you know, less than 1% differences in many cases on certain aspects of the model. So that was a really, really interesting thing. And the, the prompting strategy that they used had a lot to do with iterative improvement of the examples that are used. So there's a sort of an iteration that's used instead of a single prompt flow. As and that and and then a subsequent inference by the model, they they do a sort of an iterative process. And I have I, I just saw this yesterday. So Beth, you're nodding. So I thought maybe you might know something more about the prompt strategy. I don't. I know about as much as you do, but I do think that um, that what we're seeing over 
in a couple different arenas is the idea that the more time you give um, in your prompt or but the more time you give the LLM to to like run through some situations or like to, to do its reasoning or to redo its reasoning, right. With a, with another set of characteristics, the better the outcomes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I wanted to share is I, I like to see what the venture community and the investment community is getting interest in. And uh, there was a $56 million raise for a company called essential AI. Essential AI is being invested by, NVIDIA and AMD and Google and some venture capital firms. Now, the venture capital firms led the round, but NVIDIA, AMD, and Google all joined in on the round. So that's a, that's a signal that this is a very important developer. Essential AI is focused on what they call the enterprise brain. And so they're focused on enterprise data analysis and workflow automations uh, so imagine supply chain, you know, advancements, but with a very, very sophisticated brain that's looking all flows of information in a large enterprise and then figuring out what can be automated and doing it itself. That's what I imagine about that. But it's for all those people who are right now trying to help small and medium business with enterprise workflows using automations and large language models. This is the big dog. Essential AI, they've got huge money and they're focused on that task. Nice. Speaking uh, of money, just quickly, um, I didn't even realize this, but um, Brian, you're a bit of a fan of Leonardo, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I saw so that. I, I didn't know it was actually a, a, an Australian company, a Sydney company. So yep. they just got a I didn't know either. Million. Yeah. So they just raised $31 million for their latest um, start, um, funding round, which is pretty cool. So interesting to see where that progresses as time goes on. 10 seconds I'll add to that is when I read that too is that I I had noticed with Leonardo I'm a fan of Leonardo I really love him but they theirs was more about like character development and games and when you really looked at all the stuff being developed that definitely months ago seemed to be where their focus was but they actually just said they're they're trying to expand into enterprise and b2b and things like that and that's where they're their market that they think they're going as far as a business model. So it'd be really interesting to see because Leonardo is amazing. You have all the tools and the bells and the whistles and you can tweak knobs all day long in there uh, to really create amazing stuff. You can now sketch and it'll take your sketch and turn it into an actual drawing. They're, they're up there with all the other major image players. So I'm really interested to see as they expand their offerings and they move beyond sort of this niche window of like gaming characters and stuff, which is great to see where they go in 2024. And obviously this, this uh, investment um, yeah. should help them with that. But really cool that they're in Australia. Now I can say Canva and Leonardo because I'm always you know, saying like, you know, the, the big Australian companies as if there were only two in Australia. You know? That means I have to give so, some money. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, while, we're, while we're talking about uh, image generators, um, Midjourney is moving off of um, Discord, or like they've they've uh, they've released their websites for creators who have made ten thousand images or more. So it's no longer in beta; it's not available to everyone. They're starting with this, so they're ramping it up. But probably in the next week or two, people who are using Midjourney will be able wow. to generate images from the website. I'll be interested okay. to see if they make any changes to the interface in terms of better being able to define your image like you can with some of the so that's version six the right so that's also happening but they're not uh to my knowledge they're not identical 
Okay, cool. Well, I think that's a great place to uh, to wrap it up for today. We're so uh, on, yeah. <laughs> join us for tomorrow for another uh, session of the Daily AI Show. So everyone, uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Aloha.